Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Aligned Living Podcast. My name is Sophie. I am your host, and I am so grateful that you are here. Thank you for listening. If you're new here, I started this podcast as an extension of my weekly newsletter, and I'm just really loving connecting and sharing with you all in this new way. My intention with this podcast is to come on, share what I've been thinking about in hopes that we can all learn and grow together. If you aren't already on my newsletter list, I also do a bunch of writing and sharing there. So you can find the link to get yourself signed up in the show notes below. So today I wanted to talk about something that I've been thinking a lot about over the last few months, but also over the last few years, and that is drinking alcohol. As many of you know, I quit smoking weed well over five years ago, and my relationship with weed is really quite long and complicated. Ultimately, I felt like it was creating a barrier between myself and the life that I wanted to live, so I chose to get free from it. To learn more about my journey with releasing weed from my life, you can listen to a podcast that I did with my dear friend Alex of Sober Girl Yoga, and I'll, I'll include the link to that show in the show notes below. But what I really wanted to talk to you all about today is my relationship with alcohol, how it has changed over the years, and why I feel like I am finally ready to get free from it. So like many people, I started drinking in high school, mainly as a way to be social, and I mean, let's face it, as a way to rebel a little bit. I think my relationship with alcohol has always been pretty quote-unquote normal. There was certainly some overindulgence in my teen years and through university, but I want to be really clear in saying that I've never identified as an alcoholic or an addict as it pertains to my relationship with alcohol. So those of you who do identify as being an addict or alcoholic may not be able to relate to my journey uh, with getting free from alcohol, I just ask that you respect my journey, I respect yours, and let's get into it. So upon reflection, I think drinking is something I did because it was around me versus something that I really wanted to do. And I think that in itself is really quite problematic, right? This idea of doing something because other people are doing it versus doing something because you actually want to. The truth is that I never really enjoyed the way alcohol made me feel. And back in the day, if I had to choose between weed or alcohol, I would choose weed every single time. I can say that I actually enjoyed the way that weed made me feel, but I never really loved the feeling of being drunk. But once I released weed from my life, I started to be a little bit more critical about my relationship to all substances And I started to think about why I was drinking in the first place. So ultimately, I think it comes down to social norms and societal pressure, right? It is normal as a teenager to indulge in experimental behavior, whether that's with drugs or alcohol. And it's also quite normal for people to peer pressure you into these behaviors, If you think about it, alcohol is present at nearly every social gathering these days. And if you aren't drinking, then you're the odd one out. 
It feels like if you aren't drinking, then you're the one with the problem rather than the idea that perhaps everybody else who's drinking may have a problem. I'm not saying everyone who drinks has a problem with substance use. I'm just saying that it seems like the people who choose not to drink are the ones with the issue rather than the other way around. So after university, my alcohol consumption decreased pretty rapidly. You know, there was a year or two after university where I would still go out drinking with friends. But once I got into my relationship with my now partner, Matt, I felt way less pressure to do that. A big reason why I was going out at the time was to meet somebody to be with. And I felt like I had already done that. So it was like, why was I going out and doing this thing that I didn't want to be doing in the first place anyways? So those of you who know Matt know that he leads a really healthy lifestyle. And that's something that I find very inspiring and very attractive about him. When we met for the first time in university, we were both pretty big messes, both really deep in our own shit. And we didn't actually start dating until a few years later. And during that time apart, we both had the opportunity to do our own internal work and healing. So when we finally did start dating, it felt really natural for our relationship to bring us further away from this more toxic lifestyle. Uh, Matt has continued to be a really big inspiration for me in my life as he quit drinking himself over two years ago. And it's been really interesting for me to observe other people's reactions to his decision. Matt also doesn't identify as an alcoholic and didn't really struggle with overconsumption, especially in the last few years that he was drinking. He also just didn't like the way that alcohol made him feel. Yet when he decided to quit altogether, he was met with a lot of criticism. You know, people thought something was wrong with him. People were concerned about him. And to this day, people still assume that he's an addict. And not that there's anything wrong with that. It just really shows how deep society's relationship to alcohol really goes. So when Matt quit drinking, I really started to pull back too. And even before he actually quit drinking, we both pulled back quite substantially. We never drank at home. Um, Once he quit, I never, ever drank at home, never drank alone. And I pretty much only drank when I was out with friends or with family for dinner. But the truth is, every single time that I drink, I feel like shit even if it's just one or two glasses of wine. And people always like to question this. They're like, how can you be hungover off of two glasses of wine? And I feel like when you live your life really in tune with the way that your body feels, you notice when something is off. And what I've started to observe since Matt quit in particular is that I drink for other people. I drink to make them comfortable rather than because I enjoy it. It goes back to the way that I was feeling in, al- in um, high school when I first started experimenting with alcohol. I actually don't like the way that most alcohol tastes. And more than that, it makes me feel terrible almost immediately after. It disrupts my sleep, it disrupts my digestion, and it always makes me feel like shit the next day, even if it's just one or two glasses of wine. So why do I keep on doing it? This is the question that I have to ask myself. And I think honestly, it comes down to the idea or the principle that I am a people pleaser 
And I don't know how to say no because I would rather make myself feel uncomfortable than make somebody else feel uncomfortable. And there is something really out of alignment in that. For so long, I thought like, okay, I only drink once in a while, so it's okay. But every single time I drink, I feel like shit. And I feel like I am finally in a place after the summer where I really want to make this commitment to put myself first and my well-being first and not how other people think or feel about my actions first. Um, and so really, that's why I'm making this podcast. I'm making this podcast as a public declaration that I am no longer drinking and to also hold myself accountable. I am also making this podcast because I feel like it's a nice opportunity for me to explain why I'm making this decision without other people interrupting me. And hopefully it gives others the insight into why people like Matt and myself and others who don't necessarily identify as being alcoholics or addicts, why they want to stop drinking. I'm just going to be really blunt about it, but alcohol is poison. It's poison that as a society, we've deemed acceptable. It's a poison that we've normalized. There are all of these new research studies coming out about how terrible alcohol actually is for you. And for a long time, we've known that alcohol is more detrimental for women, but we thought, okay, maybe it's just one or two glasses of wine a day and that's good. But the most recent studies are saying, no, it's like, Two glasses of wine per week is when you hit that threshold of it starting to be really bad for you and all of your internal organs and systems. Um, I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to go into the nitty gritty details about the science behind this. But Andrew Huberman did recently release a podcast about alcohol consumption and the effect that it has particularly on your brain, which I think is worth a listen, especially if you are someone who relies on the science side of things to validate the decisions that you're making. I'm not one of those people. I don't need science to validate the way that I'm feeling or the decisions that I make. Um, I just know in my heart of hearts that alcohol is taking for from me more than it is giving to me like I love spending time with my friends and going out for dinner and going out dancing but I can do all of those things without drinking for so long I thought that I couldn't do any of those things without weed but here I am and now it's time for me to push forward into this next frontier and start to explore what it would feel like for me to do those things without drinking Something else that I really want to say is that just because someone chooses not to do something does not mean that they judge people who do do it. And I think that a lot of people feel that way. Like, oh, if so-and-so doesn't drink, that means that they are judging me for my decision to drink. And truthfully, I am not concerned with other people's decisions. Unless, of course, you're somebody who I love and care for dearly and I think that the decisions that you're making are harmful to you in your life but for the most part we're also self-centered and egocentric that we're all thinking about ourselves way more than we are thinking about other people i mean for the last almost 12 minutes i've gone on about the various reasons why i no longer want to drink and it has nothing to do with other people consuming i want to be clear in saying that i'm comfortable with other people drinking around me i don't find it triggering and that might not be the case for everybody else. 
that's okay. And that's something that we need to respect, especially if we are in the position of supporting someone who does identify as being an addict. I think that's a really important thing. Um, But for me, I'm fully comfortable with other people smoking weed or drinking around me. Um, But I also need the other people in my life to be comfortable with me not drinking and to not project their own judgments about me not drinking onto me. Um, And what I've observed in Matt's process is that not a lot of people are actually comfortable drinking when someone else isn't drinking around them. And I think what this is, is ultimately it's a projection of other people's own insecurities. So when they see somebody not doing something, it causes them to think about why they are doing it in the first place. And for most people, the reasoning isn't great. People drink because they're stressed, because they're sad, because they're anxious, because they feel like they need to. And when they see somebody else choosing not to engage in that behavior, it feels threatening to them. And I've been in that position before. I am not perfect. It's not like I never get triggered. Um, But I just want to say that if you choose to drink or smoke and that feels really good and embodied and true for you, then I'm stoked. I'm stoked for you to do that. However, if you're drinking or smoking or engaging in any behavior that doesn't feel embodied or true, yet you continue to do it, I think that's a bit of a bigger conversation. And that's the conversation that I'm trying to have here today. So I I shared that I drink because I think other people want me to. And ultimately, that's, that's really sad. And For other people, their reason for drinking is even sadder. So of course, projections come up, you know, but as autonomous, independent, free-thinking adults, I think it's our responsibility to become self-aware enough that we can realize when judgments and when projections are happening and to be really conscientious of not dumping them all over people. You know, being judgment-free is not easy. And I'll dare to say that it's actually not possible. Our human brains are constantly assessing and judging the environment around us. We're trying to determine whether or not we feel safe enough. And sometimes seeing somebody choose to not engage in a certain behavior is a threat to our own safety because perhaps the relationship that we have with that substance is what is giving us that false sense of safety and security. And it causes you to think otherwise. But I think ultimately, like most things, it comes down to becoming more self-aware and really reflecting on why we engage in certain behaviors in the first place. So, you know, this summer I was presented with a few opportunities to drink with friends and overindulge. And the times that I did, I can say with confidence that I wish I hadn't. It made me feel like shit and it made me wish that I had chosen to stay sober because I think that I would have actually enjoyed the opportunity more. Something else that comes to mind is something that Mark Groves, who is a relationship coach, talked about on one of his Instagram posts. And it was this idea that you need to get sober from everything that pulls you away from yourself. And I really feel like that's the path that I'm on. I understand that everybody may not be on that path, 
but it's my current goal to become the most me that I can be. And as long as I am indulging in substance use, essentially, I'm only moving further away from my true and authentic self. Now, I think there's a whole other conversation that could be had here about plant medicine and engaging with substance uh, for the purpose of spiritual growth and development. And I'd love to have that conversation another day because I think that's a really interesting body of work with lots of new research coming out around that, which is really exciting. Again, not that I'm someone who needs research to validate that which feels true within me. Um, But currently what is feeling really true is that it's time for me to step away from booze. And I'm excited and I'm a little bit scared and I'm sure that it's going to be challenging and anxiety inducing at times. And I'm sure there will be instances where I fuck it up. I don't think that I am going to get it perfect. You know, the same way when I quit smoking weed, I just didn't quit smoking weed one day. It's not like one day I decided today's the day and I'm never going to smoke weed again. No. You know, I made that commitment and then I fell back into old patterns and then I made that commitment and I fell back into old patterns. But each time the space between me falling into old patterns got larger, so did my trust in myself. And now I can trust that I won't smoke weed because so deeply I know and believe that I will not be better for making that choice and that I will actually feel a whole lot worse and I will feel so far away from myself. So I really am at the beginning of this journey. If you are somebody who has been living a sober lifestyle, I would love to hear from you. Any tips that you have for especially those first few months of of navigating living alcohol-free. I've gone long periods of time without drinking before. I barely drank the entire pandemic. Mind you, I was in the comfort of my own home and not out navigating the world. So it will be interesting to start to go to events and see friends and family and have to enforce, you know, or rather introduce this new me, this new Sophie who doesn't drink. And the same thing happened to me when I quit smoking weed. For so long, Sophie and smoking was synonymous. People assumed that behavior of me. And I think the same is true for alcohol, right? People think of me as someone who will say yes to a glass of wine at dinner. And although it's a small shift, it's also a really big shift. So it's an internal shift that needs to happen first, right? Like my my own internal self is saying this is no longer aligned. I hear that. I acknowledge that. And then it's an external shift that follows. So yes, the internal shift has happened within me. I know I no longer want to drink. But now the tough part begins where it's like now I need to match my behaviors with my internal thought processes. My behaviors need to match my beliefs. This is something I've talked a lot about in the past in terms of living in alignment. And that's what this whole podcast is about. So I know that was a bit of a rant. Um, It felt heavy on my heart, like something I needed to share. I hope that my friends and family listen to this one. Maybe I'll send it to them so so that they do. Um, But I love you, hang in there. Like I said, I'd love to hear your own experiences with getting sober or free from any substance. And to anybody who is living the sober life, I just really want to acknowledge that because 
it is courageous and you are going against the stream. You really are. And you are choosing yourself over other people. And um, I think that's the most brave thing you can do. Sending lots of love to you. Bye.